0: mountain passes and about two-thirds up the way up the second mountain pass I uh, I was so exhausted that I got off my bike and I got to it I got on the side of the road and I put my head to my knees and I started crying because <laughs> there was so much work and so I looked at my phone and I had one bar of service and so I picked I, I called my friend uh, she lives in Sherbrooke Quebec right now and I called her and I said, uh, I said to her, I said, I need motivation. I'm so upset. If this is going to be the whole province of British Columbia, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I'm so committed to this trip and I'm so broken down, yada, yada, yada. And she told me, she's like, oh, Eric, you're doing so good. Like, we've been reading your blog, it's great. Keep it up. Like, you can do this.
1: Welcome to Through Here a podcast about road trips, people, and places. Through Here is recorded on Treaty 2 territory. The land is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji-Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. The land is also used by Indigenous nations from Treaties 1, 3, and 4. Season 1 of Through Here takes place in Riding Mountain National Park, a forested oasis amidst Manitoba's expansive prairie. Here, the grassland stretches, the boreal forest towers, and the aspen parkland nurtures. Manitoba is home to only two national parks, and Riding Mountain is the only easily accessible one. This makes it a destination for a wide variety of travelers. I spent my fourth summer working for parks and I spent a lot of it chasing down travelers who were checking out what the park had to offer. I met many cool people and had the opportunity to sit down with them and learn more about their lives. You'll hear their stories every Thursday. Three years ago, while at a barbecue, Eric met someone who had pedaled across the country and from that moment on he knew he wanted to cycle across the country too. This summer he cycled from Tofino, British Columbia to Cape Spear, Newfoundland. We walked alongside him as he biked a trail in Riding Mountain and we talked about his journey so far, how biking across the country is different and more personable than driving, and how a very long bike ride became sort of like a reunion tour for him. First off, I'm going to have to apologize for the wind in this interview. I didn't realize it was windy and I left my windsock at home. A rookie mistake but like they say you learn from your mistakes and I haven't recorded anything without my wind socks since you'll likely hear more from me than you're used to during this episode just because I wanted to minimize how much wind damage you do have to hear so there's a bit of me narrating um, what Eric says
0: are you gonna ask me questions yes. do you have a list of questions
1: they're in my head
0: they're in your head <laughs> okay so my name is Eric Chalker I'm 24 years old and I'm from Yellowknife Northwest Territories And uh, I'm taking a pedal bike across Canada from uh, Tofino, British Columbia on Vancouver Island all the way to Cape Spear, Newfoundland, uh, near St. John's. And uh, so far so good. I'm in uh, Ranney Mountain National Park. Um, I'm really enjoying my time here, it's beautiful, it's like a little uh, oasis in the prairies. I don't know if this is a mountain though, this is more of a ridge in the prairies I think. Because I'm not going to have any downhills going into Brandon.
1: What has been your favorite moment so far?
0: My favorite moment? Yeah.
1: Wow. Tell the Tom story.
0: The Tom story? Yeah. I really do like that story. I was thinking about that one. I was uh, I was about uh, 50, kilo- no, I was about 20 or 30 kilometers east of Port Alberni in British Columbia on Vancouver Island. And I got a flat tire. And I changed the tube, and about half hour later, I got another flat tire near Cameron Lake, and uh, so I stuck my thumb out and I hitchhiked my way to uh, a bike shop in Parksville, and so when I was in Parksville, I bought a new tire and new tube, and I felt very guilty for skipping 20 kilometers because you can't say that you biked across Canada if you skipped 20 kilometers, so I uh, decided to bike 10 kilometers north to Qualicum Beach and back. To make up for my lost time, it was really nice, it was along the, uh, the, the ocean uh, on the inland side of uh, Vancouver Island, the east side. And uh, it was a hot day out, I remember, it was like 25 degrees, and I pulled over to a little turnout and put some sunscreen on, took my leg warmers off. And uh, this man comes up to me on his bicycle, and he sees me with my bike and my helmet on and all my gear, and he says, uh, where are you headed? I said, well, sir, the plan is the plan is the other side of the country. And so far, I've been kind of limping around. But uh, so he said, are you going through Riding Mountain in Manitoba? And I said, well, I'm going to visit friends in Dauphin, friends in McCreary, friends in uh, friends in Brandon. So, yeah, I would like to make my way through Riding Mountain. And he told me, he said, well, I have, a, I have a cottage there. Me and my wife spend every summer there. Uh, Here's my phone number when you get around give me a call, and I'll give you a Give you a place to sleep and a shower, maybe a meal or two. And he said, whoa Thank you like I might just take you up on that so it was just this past Friday. I rolled into Dauphin and I uh, And I told uh, I told my friend at Dauphin. I said I'm gonna give this man a call and see what happens And uh, I'm gonna take him up on this deal and it's just so yeah I told uh, I told him his name was Tom and I told Tom said um, yeah come through on Sunday I uh, we should be around So uh, here I am in Riding Mountain. I made my way this far east and uh, I was pretty happy that that story really worked out.
1: Do you have other encounters that linked together? So
0: there's a website called Warm Showers that a lot of cyclists use.
1: So what's with Warm Showers? Brian used it also and I think they both explained it. It's like couch surfing for cyclists. It's and I quote, a community for bicycle tourists and those who support them. That's how the website describes it. You can check it out at warmshowers.org and I'd suggest looking into it if you're thinking of taking a bike tour and trying to figure out how to make it work.
0: It's very similar to couch surfing. It's a community of uh, cyclists who live across Canada, US and indeed the world. And so if I'm cycling through a place like Dauphin, I can search at people on warm showers and most of the time they're pretty happy to take you into their homes for a night or two. So anyways, I was in Dauphin staying with another friend of mine, but there was this couple in Dauphin named Dandy and Celeste, and they were on warm showers. And so I messaged them and I said, hey guys, I'm not from Dauphin, I have a friend that lives here that I'm already staying with, but it would be really nice to you know, meet some fellow cyclists. And, uh, and so they were pretty receptive to that, they were keen to go out for, uh, for a coffee. So I met up with them and uh, we talked a bit, and I was—I found out that Dandy works f- works for my friend that I stayed with there for uh, Silver Screen uh, Productions, a company that they do a lot of digital media conversions. So that was kind of a cool little connection that I got to meet up with them, friends of friends.
1: Tell the Jasper story. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one.
0: So I biked from the ice fields on, on uh, I think it's Alberta hi- 93 highway th- from Banff to Jasper. And I got from the ice fields, I biked through the ice fields to Jasper. I had messaged a girl a couple weeks before.
1: His message said, hey, I'm coming through Jasper. I'm really not sure what day, but I'll most likely be this Friday. And I'd like to stay one night if I could. And she replied that she would have loved to host him, but she wasn't going to be in town on Friday.
0: So I said, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Um, I hope you have fun. Whatever you're doing and um, turns out she was actually in Canmore for a, a marathon Which I think is pretty cool. I got to Jasper on a day I didn't expect, I got there on the Thursday and so I never thought to message her again and um, I went to the visitor center and I said I asked where the campgrounds were and I asked where the hostel was but it was $50 a night which is out of my budget so I decided I was like okay well I guess I'll just buy some groceries and some beer and continue on up the highway. So I went to the grocery store, I bought some groceries, and I stopped at the beer store. and This girl pulls up to me on this banana bike. You're Eric, you're uh showers guy. I said, Yeah, that was me. Yeah, well, I guess I'm here. She's, she's like, Well, I have a place to stay if you need a place to stay tonight. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> so it just goes to show like power to small towns, you know what I mean? Like everyone, everyone's kind of there to lend a helping hand, and everyone wants to support people in their you know initiatives. And to alternative.
1: Surprised you?
0: Yeah, I really, I really have actually. A lot of people are more than happy to, uh, to lend a helping hand wherever I can, just like Tom, or uh, here in Clear Lake, but uh, or w- Wasag- Wasagamet. was
1: <laughs> Wasagamet.
0: Wasagame. And uh, you know what? Even I just met a woman at a coffee shop. who's from Winnipeg, and she invited me to her home because I don't have. That's pretty cool that just someone who met I met, you know 10 minutes ago said yeah, you can come into my home It just goes to the show like I like it. Yeah, like it's something about being on a bicycle it Makes you a lot more approachable It's easy for people to come up and they're everyone's curious about what you're doing And they see that you have all your gear strapped to your bike So they know exactly what you're doing you're but they're curious about your route They're curious about your initiatives. They're curious about things you want to check out And it's a good way to start conversation uh, I, I uh, it's something I've been learning a lot of, and I really like it. I'm from Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, and uh, there's a lot of people who lived up there and moved away, but we still kept contacting with through you know social media. So social media is a pretty powerful thing. So about two months before I started this trip, I, I posted a map on Facebook with the, my route, and I said, Hi, do you do you or anyone you know live along this route that would be able to help me out? Uh, reaching my goal of getting to the other side of the country. i would just a place to sleep and like, uh, and like a shower would be all I need. And um, I, it was pretty overwhelming the amount of people who messaged me or commented on my post and said, yeah, Eric, when you come through this town, I'd love to host you, I'd love to catch up. And so that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been visiting people I haven't seen in, you know, one, two, three, five, ten, fifteen years. And uh, just rekindling these relationships a little bit—it's been—it's um, been really nice, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out to the East Coast because my family's from the East Coast, and I haven't been out that way in about just over ten years, I suppose. So it'll be good to be able to meet family that I haven't seen in you know ten years.
1: When you started, before you posted that map, did you think that like this trip was going? to take, like, sort of that turn where you are now visiting people that you haven't seen in a while, like, in your mind when you started the trip? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, Yeah. for sure,
0: because I'm I'm on a bicycle. I'm not just a car. Like, I can only do, like, a maximum of, like, on a really good day, I'd get 200 kilometers. So I'm going through all these small towns that uh, if you were in a vehicle, you generally wouldn't stop. Unless there was someone important to visit or you're going for a reason. So I kind of had to reach out for the support. I knew that going into it, I was going to have to help because I have a tent and I camp when, when I have to, and I camp uh, pretty frequently actually, but I'm taking the whole summer off. So that's, you know, whatever 30 times 5 is, it's you know, it's 150 days. No, Yeah.
1: I don't, I'm not a mouth yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 150
0: days. <laughs> and... Uh, and so you can't expect me to pay for hotels or a camp every single night of the trip. So the fact, like, I knew I was going to have to reach out to people before I even made that post on Facebook. And you know, I, I you know, some of my best friends live in Edmonton. Uh, some of my best friends live in Calgary, in Toronto, Vancouver. So I have contacts across the country that I went to school with, or just know through family or just friends. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a small world, and Canada is a big country, but. Uh, we're pretty tight-knit here.
1: What's been your favorite stop I really
0: so li- far? I really like the town of Nelson. I stopped in Nelson for three days. There was something cute about that town. Mm-hmm. It was right in the heart of the Kootenays. Yeah, I don't know, I just like the vibes with the people there. I met some cool people there. I met some travelers, I met some locals, and uh, people were very receptive. My bike actually came from Nelson.
1: Like it was made there? It was,
0: uh, Yeah, it was uh, ordered from a, someone in Nelson
1: that just makes bikes?
0: No, they just sell bikes and then they shipped up to me and I built it. Oh. Or I didn't build it, there was a shop in Yellowknife that built it. (laughs) I was in, uh, okay, well when I was in Nelson, I didn't, I actually didn't know anyone in Nelson. Everyone just told me I should check it out and there were some hot springs there and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I have a bit of time to spare. I found a Facebook group, like a uh, a Nelson or a Cooney hiking group, and I messaged on, I posted on it saying like, uh, this is on Facebook, and I posted saying like, hi, my name is Eric Chalker, This is what I'm doing. If anyone would like to get together, go for a hike, or maybe a brewery tour, that would be pretty cool. And uh, there was a one girl who messaged me and said, "Hey, Eric, like, uh, would you like to go for a hike today? I don't, I'm not working today." And I said, "Yeah, for sure." And so uh, she was a nurse. Uh, she was a nurse in Nelson, or she was doing her practicum near Nelson, and uh, she had that day off, and so she took me for some hikes that I probably wouldn't have found if I uh, if I didn't. A guide like that or a person like that to show me around and uh, she was a pretty cool cool individual and I'll probably remember that experience I had in Nelson we did two hikes and then uh, we did dinner and uh, and yeah I got the full kidney experience in one day
1: so what do you eat because you said that you're on a budget
0: <laughs> I eat a lot of vegan food <laughs> because it's really easy to pack when you're on a bicycle I don't carry a cooler with me so I can't just mm-hmm. easily bring cream or meats with me so I eat a lot of vegan food a lot of nuts and beans and grains and uh, and whole wheats, and uh, I really like peanut M&M
1: I asked him what he does about food, as you've just heard, and then the wind picked up. So I'm just going to tell you the rest of what he said about food and how he makes sure he has enough water. He says he usually dummies a pan of Jiffy Pop every second night and calls it his kryptonite. Then he said he eats foods that are vegan foods with a lot of energy and iron in them. He hard boils a lot of eggs too and in the morning he eats them and some oatmeal and a cup of coffee. And of course this is now in the past but when he was talking to me it was obviously the present
0: a random camp on a bike I mean all you need is all I need is really a, a little bit of water so like can boil water to cook with and but uh, and I usually carry two liters of water with me everywhere I go for drinking at least stopping at like every gas station or a-
1: he had a little filter for water that he could use and fill up with water from a lake or a creek but he said it was hard to do that in the prairies There wasn't a lot of lakes, and the water in the ditches was not a good alternative. He said once he gets to Ontario, he's never going to have to worry about water because there are lakes everywhere. I noted that Manitoba has a lot of lakes also. They're usually just not near the main highways, which is not very helpful for him. So, you said that you planned your route before you left.
0: Yeah.
1: How good have you been at sticking to it? The
0: detour I made was I went to Nelson from Castlegar because usually there's a ro- I was going to from Castlegar to Creston and Nelson was like a 45 kilometer detour so I said why not never been before so I went up there and checked it out a little harder of the Goodnews I think but besides that I stuck to my route completely.
1: He says he thought that was it for his off the already planned route excursions but then he laughed as he remembered another time where he went off route. He had friends who lived on Highway 3 in British Columbia, the Crow's Nest Highway, and we're back to the good audio, so I'll let him tell the story, the rest of the story.
0: Um, I made it from Hope to Princeton, which was a heck of a day through Manning Park, and um, the next day I went to bike from Princeton to Osoyoos. But well, little do I know, I don't really, I check the news every second day. I don't really read road reports when you're on a bicycle. You don't really think about it, mm-hmm. and uh, the. I was about 60 kilometers east of Princeton, heading to Soyuz. It was raining out a little bit, not too, too much, not enough to bother me. And there's two men in a hatchback Toyota Yaris pull over, and they say, "Uh, what are you gonna swim across the river with that bike? Where are your water wings at? (laughs) And I always said, excuse me? And they're like, the road's closed, about 10 kilometers up ahead. The river has crested, it's about 10 feet deep up there. You're not getting through on your bike. We made the same mistake. We didn't check the road reports. And so I was like, oh geez, what am I going to do? So they offered me a ride to Kelowna. They were going to Kelowna and Kelowna wasn't originally on my route. I had three options. I, I camped there until the river goes down, which could be weeks <laughs> or days. Go back to Princeton and wait or, you know, see. Uh, take these two men up on the ride, so you know they voluntarily hitchhiked me to uh, to Kelowna, which was uh, I looked at a map and it was a 30 kilometers extra biking, so I didn't feel guilty for doing it. You know I went through wine country and through the Okanagan, and then I stopped and I did a couple of wine tours. Why not? Did some wine tasting yeah. on my bicycle, <laughs> and uh, I still made it to uh, Osoyoos by six o'clock and uh, just in time for the Jets game. So I I took uh, the Crowsneth Highway 3 across southern BC and then once I got to Cranbrook I went north to uh, like Radium and then to Lake Louise and then up to Jasper and a lot of people would ask me that question, Well, why did you take that big long of a detour, why did you take that long of a route? Well I did that because um, being from Yellowknife Northwest Territories we went to Edmonton pretty often as kids. And uh, I have friends that go to university there, friends that I went to university with, uh, long time Yellowknifers that moved there. So it was, uh, I really wanted to go through Edmonton. And you know, one of my be- a couple of my best friends live there now, and uh, so I wanted to go visit them. But one of my best friends works for a national accounting firm in Edmonton. And it just so happened that he had co- contracted to work in Yellowknife. I assume he got that contract because he's from there. Uh, So he wasn't in Edmonton at the time, which was very unfortunate, but I understand. And uh, my other friend, who I thought was going to live in Edmonton over the summer, got work up north. He does kids camps in the Mackenzie Mountains. And so he had to be in Yellowknife for June, and I had gotten there May 27th or 28th I believe. I had gotten there just in time to catch him before he left. So we had a day and a half together, which I was very happy about. If he's listening to this right now, I'm not going to mention names, but uh, hey, dude, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so that was, I was pretty happy about that. So that was one of the reasons I made my detour up to Edmonton. And from there, I made my way to Dauphin across Saskatchewan.
1: Uh, was there a Saskatchewan highlight?
0: Yeah, I stopped into uh, Saskatoon with a warm showers host. And uh, that was the only place I stayed in Sask- Saskatchewan. And it was a young man uh, who's also a big cycle tourist. He had worked at a cycle, uh, a bike shop in Saskatoon, and he's working four jobs right now in the hospitality industry. But he's got aspirations, him and his roommate, to open up either uh, a, a, a restaurant or a pub uh, in, New- in Nova Scotia in the few, in the next few years. It's something they're very passionate about is the hospitality industry. And uh, he was sharing some of his stories with me about his cycle touring. He hasn't done much in Canada, he told me. But his first tour was f- uh, from Vancouver to uh, San Diego or Tijuana right al- along the American coastline and then he's done tours throughout Europe uh, through Korea and Japan and he kind of inspired me a little bit I I love uh, I like the way he thinks about his bikes they they think about their bikes as their transportation and it's like their thing so I like that like uh, you know they customize their bikes like I have the little license plate on my bike and mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I took some photos of the license plate that Eric is talking about. It is in this week's extended content, which is where, you probably guessed it, online at 3 They
0: have little bobbleheads on their bikes, and it's like, that's their ride. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I kind of like, uh, I've always been interested about Korea, so who knows, maybe I'll go to Korea for my next tour.
1: You mentioned that you've road tripped before how is biking different
0: biking you just stop a lot more often to eat and you have a lot more time to relax and uh, I'm not in a rush to get anywhere I have destinations I want to be to but my days are only you know no 70 80 100 150 kilometers 130 kilometers so you can do that in five or six or seven hours so I'm in no rush to leave in the mornings and I'm in no rush to Get somewhere. I usually like to get somewhere a couple hours before the sun sets, but you know, it's I make it so it's manageable, and uh, I get it done. And um, but when I'm on the road, I'm never really in a rush. Whereas every time I've been in a in a car, I've always been in a rush to get w- to point B.
1: Do you feel like if you were road tripping this journey, would it be? It would be like you wouldn't be connecting with as many people.
0: Oh, for sure not because. You know, if I road trip, you know, this is Canada, it's a big country, so, you know, you you can easily do a thousand kilometers in a day and skip so many towns. But with me, I, you know, I do a hundred, two hundred a day, so I have to kind of reach out to people and I'm kind of, I have to stop. You know, you can't do a thousand kilometers in in a day. So yeah, I kind of, that's the way it kind of works. I have to stop and people, people come up to me and they want to communicate.
1: Do you journal? Uh,
0: no, I have a blog going though that I try to keep updating. I've been getting kind of lazy lately, but, uh, last time I updated it was just yesterday and I wrote about my leg and dolphin. I put that out to Facebook as well. I wanted a name for my blog. So I have a cousin of mine who lives in New Brunswick and she, uh, she mentioned the idea of, uh, first left to right. So, you know, left being the West coast of Canada. If you look at a map and Mm -hmm. then, uh, the right being the East coast.
1: And it's your first one.
0: That is my first one, I guess. That's
1: a good name. How is it mentally? Like are you listening to stuff or is it just like you? Oh
0: and yeah, you I'm, bike? Getting, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting weak Kings by uh The Tragically Hip inked, seared into my brain. <laughs> Biking through Saskatchewan. But i uh, <laughs> all, all jokes aside, you know, I listen to music and uh You know what when I was going through British Columbia everyone's like oh hills hills hills, but you know what the hills didn't really bother me There were a lot of work, but they were to be expected what really bothers me and frustrates me is the uh, the wind in the prairies (laughs) that uh, You know if I'm if I have a 200 day plan because I can easily do 200 kilometers if I have a tailwind You know you can go 40 kilometers an hour or faster on on a bike Mm -hmm. so you have a headwind and you're going 15 or 20 kilometers an hour instead well you feel like you're getting nowhere because everything looks the same <laughs> and you're frustrated because you're not going as fast as you'd like and uh so mentally that's been the biggest b- biggest issue but you know i've been fine i've been communicating with everywhere i go i'm not bored anywhere so that's kind of nice
1: did you think you would be
0: uh no i didn't I kind of thought about it, but I was like, you know, it would be fine. People, people have done it before. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I thought I would. I thought I would break down a little bit more in uh, in British Columbia. I remember what my first day in the interior of British Columbia. I biked from Hope to Princeton, and I mentioned earlier that that was a uh, a pretty heavy stint. Well, that was about three mountain passes in a day, and it was 130 kilometers, and I was really out of shape at the beginning of this trip. I uh, <laughs> I wasn't in bad shape but I wasn't in the best shape of my life and uh, you know across Vancouver Island wasn't too too bad and from hope from Vancouver to hope wasn't too too bad it's pretty flat in the Fraser Valley so that was my first day of real hills I remember I got the there was three mountain passes and about two thirds up the way up the second mountain pass I uh, I was so exhausted that I got off my bike and I got into, a, I got on the side of the road and I put my head to my knees and I started crying Because <laughs> it was so much work. And so I looked at my phone and I had one bar of service And so I picked I, I called my friend uh, She lives in Sherbrooke Quebec right now and I called her and I said uh, I said to her I said I need motivation I'm so upset if this is gonna be the whole province of British Columbia I don't know if I could do this like I'm so committed to this trip and I'm so broken down, yada yada yada, and she told me she's like, "Oh, Eric, you're doing so good. Like we've been reading your blog; it's great. Keep it up. Like you can do this." And I was so scared that that would be that day would be, you know, every day in British Columbia. But it uh, leveled off a bit. You bike in a lot of valleys in British Columbia, and there was some mountain passes, but they weren't. They would be like one mountain pass a day, kind of thing. It wasn't like that day. That day was pretty nuts. And i've heard from other bikers too that that's a pretty hard uh, route through manning park
1: did you talk to bikers before you did this like so
0: (laughs) i was actually at a house party like three years ago maybe i remember i had a barbecue at my house and a couple of my friends were working with this man who had moved to Yellowknife from halifax and asked me if they can invite him to my barbecue and i said yeah for sure he's a new guy we should uh he can come out that sounds like fun and he came i introduced myself and um I asked him. I said, "Hey, have you ever done any kind of traveling? Just small talk kind of thing." And he was like, "No, I haven't left uh, Canada or North America. But uh, a couple summers ago, me and my, me and my friend, uh, we took a pedal bike across Canada." And I said, "Whoa, that's cool. I like that." And so I started asking him tons of questions, and you know, and immediately I was like, "That's what I want to do. That sounds like a cool vacation." So from that moment forth, I started uh, saving up and uh, buying bikes and. Learning how to fix bikes, so I won't get caught with my pants down on the road. I volunteered at bike shops. I asked people for advice. I um, I had a lot of people coming to me, like telling me about their experiences of bike touring. Yeah, I got a lot of support, even like even when you just meant talk about this kind of stuff. People are like, uh, people throw out their ideas and their experiences and what they found worked for them. And you'd be surprised how many people do these, these kind of tours. I uh, I was a little shocked.
1: I can't remember now if we chatted about this before I turned the recorder on or if this was a piece too damaged by the wind to understand, but when we were talking about the people who were doing trips like this, Eric told me of a person he met in Calgary earlier in the year who said he was going to pedal across Canada on a unicycle. I thought this was kind of unreal because who's that good at unicycling that they can unicycle from like Tofino to Cape Spear or from Vancouver to St. John's, Newfoundland? I don't know, but later on in the summer is where this story turns wild i was driving down the trans canada highway because i was going to winnipeg for some reason so i was on highway number one and i look out my window and i realize that there's some guy unicycling on the side of the highway so i texted eric and said oh my gosh the unicycler he's doing it i just saw him but i wasn't going to pull over and chat with him because that would disrupt his journey i'm sure but he's out there somewhere and he probably did it another
0: reason oh yeah that was that was why I did it. originally I wanted I just decided to do a strip for myself because it sounded like a cool experience and I thought I would learn a lot and uh, uh, use my problem-solving skills and uh, it's exactly what I what I'm doing a lot of people ask me my question well what are you doing it for what are you doing it for what are you, what are you are you raising money for anything and I'm not raising money for anything but what I'm trying to do is I decided I should I should do this So I thought northern exposure would be uh, northern tourism exposure would be a good reason, and so I studied tourism and recreation at Vancouver Island University in Nanaimo, British Columbia, and uh, I'm from Yellowknife, and our tourism industry is thriving, and uh, but it's not quite where where we want it yet, and we're still trying to we're still working a lot to build it to where it should be. Um, Yellowknife uh, and the north is uh, increasing destination to a lot, but it's also increasingly becoming much more uh, accessible. So, that was my thing, I'd love to be able to bring people up north and showcase northern culture and uh, show people how we work in the north and uh, you know the beauty that comes with it because there's ecotourism wise, there's so much opportunity up north. We have the northern lights, we have the midnight sun, we have rocks, trees, lakes, snow castles, Artists, uh, dog sledding—you know everything, like uh, everything you'd expect from a northern culture. But um, it's a pretty unique place, in the north, and it's—and it's, um, and it's uh, like I said, it's pretty—it's uh, pretty remote, but it's also pretty exotic, and I think it's—it's uh, it's cool to be able to say that you're from the north, and I think it'd also be cool for people to say they've been to the north. I work for an aurora tour operator up north, and. Uh, I, it's something I'm passionate about, so that's what I thought I'd do it for. So people ask me questions, and uh, they ask me questions about yellow and I for the North, and you know what we do up there, what our industries are, uh, what do we do for fun, and I try to answer them any way I can. So, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me like what we do for fun, so, as like as if they're hinting at there's nothing to do up north. Mm-hmm. Well, I already asked them. I said, well, what do you do down south? Most of the time, like they're like, oh, we, we go fishing, or we go to the bar, or we go to the park, or whatever. I'm like, well, guess what? We do the exact same thing. Yeah, you just you got to be creative up there, and um, but that's what we do, you know. We have lakes, it's great fishing up north if you're into freshwater fishing, and uh, you know we have the to the Northern Lights, and uh, you know people run and they play in sports and.
1: And he says, it's a very good community, and it's worth being represented by good advocates. I ask where he's going next, and he says Brandon. It's a small city south of Riding Mountain and west of Winnipeg. He notes that it's his birthday soon, later that week, and he's going to stay with a friend there for a bit before he starts heading east again. So, that's it for that interview. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, minus the wind damage, which I again apologize for. So, I contacted Eric just the other day to see what happened during the rest of his trip, so you can all know what happened. He reached Cape Spear, Newfoundland on September 15th, which is right around the time he had planned to reach it. The best part of the rest of his trip, he loved Quebec and said the people are amazing, even if he only spoke a little French to them. Newfoundland surprised him the most. The province is beautiful, he said, and the people there are also amazing. He said the most challenging part was Quebec. When I asked him if it was more difficult or less difficult than the mountain stretch he mentioned in this episode, he said Quebec was much more difficult. The road grades were steeper, the landscape very hilly, and very difficult. This bike trip taught him how to be more personable and more confident in his decision-making skills. And it also made him want to do more trips like it. What's next? Well, he says he wants to do one where he leaves right from his home in Yellowknife and cycles to Alaska or and I quote something. That's it for Eric. If you want extended content from this episode, don't forget to visit us at throughherepod.com. There's some pictures and some other stuff on that website for you. Thanks for listening to episode four. Join us next week when we talk with Erica and Nicholas. These are the first people that I sort of had to chase down and it was so worth it. They're from Switzerland and they shipped their souped up Land Rover across the ocean and started their year-long Pan American journey in style. We talk about what it's like to leave your home for a year, why it's important to travel and do trips like theirs while you still can, and what it's been like so far. If you'd like to hear, see, and experience more from through here, we have extended content on our social media pages. Follow us on Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, twitter facebook and spotify all at at through here you can catch monthly blog posts on our website at throughherepod.com and you can join us every week every thursday for new episodes of through here don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating if you like what we're doing we'll see you next thursday have a great weekend and don't forget to stay curious